0: At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now, you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia
1: Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits
0: are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies.
2: Yes, we've got an absolutely tremendous player with tremendous cheekbones this week, Richard Gough. How are you doing? Fine. Must Good say you're looking tremendous.
1: Thank you. How Look, do you do? What's the secret? Looks so deceiving.
2: Somebody told me the secret's carrying your wallet about bit <laughs> <laughs> Uh
1: That'll be McCoy's, so yeah.
2: it? <laughs> was yeah. McCoy's. And also Derek Ferguson.
1: Uh, and me By the uh, way, what about yeah. him
2: coming? He said you were born, but then I, I spoke to him this morning and he retracted. Oh, he said he did say you're the first uh, player he's ever played on.
1: Yeah, Derek, good lad, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I was fortunate to play with good players. He was one of them.
2: But what is cares at the yoga? Uh,
1: no. you know, I played till 39 in the Premier League. Um, just always looked after myself. So Ray Wilkins said to me at a young age, um, your body's your bank. Look after it. Because once once the body's not working anymore, then I ain't going to be paying you any money. Um, so I always try to look after myself well. and uh, I think I've just carried that on you know to mm. the, um, into the you know as I got older as well so it's good Rangers captain
2: I know but I've got your biggest achievement down here is the third best looking ginger I've ever playing the SPL <laughs> <laughs> you want to know who I put
1: you behind <laughs> I don't know everyone says that but uh, I think it's strawberry blonde right, actually okay. yeah
2: you want to know who you're behind Davy Bowman and Duncan Sheener
1: alright happy with that Bronze, yeah, not bad. No, come on, you're the best. You're
2: the best. Right, on to the football, Richard. Born in Sweden and grew up in South Africa. Yeah. How did you find yourself at Dundee United?
1: Um, Born in Sweden, my dad was from Hillington, um, just up the road here, and um, met my mom down in London. She was a Swedish girl, come over as a nurse in London bet she was tremendous, wasn't she? Yeah, I think she was yeah, <laughs> she's a good looking lady. Good looking lady. With cheekbones. Oh, the cheekbones, maybe that's what the cheekbones are. I'd from. have been all over her. Yeah. yeah, you would have. <laughs> um and then my dad played for the British Army. And um we went out to, he got taken out of the army by Charlton Athletic. So he played for Charlton for maybe a season. And then immigrated out to, to Johannesburg um, in nineteen sixty five. Mm. So uh, that's how i that's how we landed up there what, what position did he play He was a defender as well center half uh, right back, right half right you know center back, but I can so, remember as a young boy him telling me do you wanna do you want kick people or be kicked i said oh, I think i'd rather kick people than be kicked, so I was always a defender just from watching him and you know I like defending you know I really I used to enjoy defending
2: mm-hmm. what kind of player was he that since he played was he quite tough on you but he Yeah,
1: he was very tough. Typical Scottish uh, father, you know, really disciplined and being a soldier. He was a paratrooper, my father. So being a soldier, I grew up in a very um, disciplined household, a very pretty strict household. But the one good thing he did, and maybe that's why I should have mentioned about the fitness, was I used to go running with him, you know, every morning from about eight years old you know so did you every morning you go for yeah, a run with he, your dad yeah because he was still playing so he just wanted to keep fit and he just he pulled me out of the bed and just go for a run so that discipline that he set stayed with me for a long time do you think that made you a player then? I think so because I'm a, you know like a lot of people say I was I was very talented and obviously I had good talent but I think the the, the fitness was um uh, was a big part you know, I was a good athlete, you know, and, and, and as the game changed, you had to be a good athlete, otherwise you couldn't play. Mm. Um, so I think that had a huge, you know, impact on me growing up and also a desire not to give up, you know.
2: Is it true that you went to Rangers at 18 but weren't taken on?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my, uh, you know from, um, from, from a young age, I came over at 15. You know, I went with my best friend to, to, to Ipswich. Right. where as like 14-year-old kids or something, you know, to Ipswich, And um,
2: <clears throat>
1: then I landed up at Charlton, and I did a year at Charlton as, a, as an apprentice professional. But I got homesick because um, I came from a tennis court and a swimming pool in the backyard in Johannesburg. So I missed all that. Um, and then I came to, to Rangers. I had a trial at Rangers, <clears throat> Dundee United and um, Aberdeen. My I came to Rangers, played really well. And you know, as a kid, when you play well, so you played really well. I played well very much. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew I kind of a kind of, uh, level, a same level as a boys at, uh, you know, Ibrox at the time. And, um, but, you know, they had a lot of players. John Gregg informed me that a lot of players in my position. I went up to, gym to, to Dundee United and had a trial at Dundee United. And Walter Smith played left back that night in a, in a reserve game at Gayfield. And I was hopeless, Simon, honestly. Right. I was I was poor. Because I was gutted that I never signed for Rangers. And uh, Jim McLean gave me a 10-year contract, you know, about 20 <laughs> quid a week. <laughs> See, when you were having a nightmare that night at Gayfield, was, was he
2: oh, was was slaughtering you? Was he slaughtering you
1: from life yeah. back? Or was I, th- you right I, think, I think what got me the job was I was slaughtering Walter Smith oh, as you a 17-year-old. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't Could very good. Did you always have
2: that as well, Richard?
1: That- I don't know. I was always a captain of my teams from, from a young age. So maybe... Um, no, or maybe that. Anyway, I didn't play very well, but they must have saw something, you know, and um, signed me. And uh, what was your first impressions of uh,
2: Jim McLean? As you say, you came from quite a privileged background. Uh, to uh, meet in this
1: nutcase. Yeah, no, no. Um, he was a genius, McLean. I mean, um, I'm not sure if he could have managed in today's world, because a lot of the managers right about that time, Sir sure Alex Ferguson included, Jim McLean. It was a kind of bullying culture, I would have called it, you know. And it was for me, it was fine because I grew up not with a bullied father but with a very disciplined, you know. So if someone shouted at me, um, I would just say, you know, I'll show you the next time type thing. You know, Mm. it wouldn't really bother me too much. Um, But um, I'm sure those those managers lost a lot of flair players, I would call them. You know, they couldn't really handle the, the criticism. But I think in that, during the early '80s they did that because I think it separated, you know, the, the wheat from the chaff type yeah. thing, you know. So the, the really strong characters came through, came through, and the weaker ones didn't. Can you remember
2: the first time you roasted you properly,
1: Mister McLean? Yeah. Um, I was, nah, was It wasn't too bad. I can remember other. You know, I, one of my first games that I played for Dundee United, I was on the bench and I was only seventeen, eighteen, and he took Eamon Bannon off. After nine minutes. Wow. Yeah. And he put me on. I said, well, where where must I go? He went, just run up and down midfield, you know. I said, well, not really midfield. You'll be fine. Took Bannon off because Bannon blanked him a couple of times. He was shouting at (laughs) Bannon on the screen. man, the Bannon. What was he called? Bannon, yeah. you know. Bannon just giving him a defy, right? And he just went, well, get him off. And I was like, you know, I thought, 10 minutes in, you know. So it was like, no one... No one mucked around with McLean, you know? With none of them? As a reporter found out uh, later oh, on, that guy uh-huh. Yeah, he smacked, he punched him or something, uh-huh. you know? So, um, but he was great. Jim McLean was uh, brilliant for my, uh, and working under Walter Smith. Yeah. So know, what was it was so good about him?
2: What was so great about him when he had this, the other side
1: <sighs> thing? He was just, it was, a, like I said, I think he was ahead of his time. He really was ahead of his time. I, I went up for Dundee United Hall of Fame dinner. You know, I eventually got into the Dundee United Hall of Fame <laughs> about three years ago. And I went up for a dinner and a lad called Andy McLaren, uh, who was getting inducted uh, Andy's, been on, Andy's been on here, huh? Oh, great guy. What a guy, yeah. Good, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, he had said to me, oh, he said, one of my first games, Goffy? He says, um, Jim McLean says to me, um, at our corners, at Dundee United's corners, you mark Richard Goff. When Andy McLaren went, What are you talking about? He said, Just stop him heading the ball away. Don't want, but Andy McLaren says, No, but I'm trying to score. You know, he says, no, nah, don't you worry about that. Just stop him heading that away. So I was like that, put, you know, the seed in my head, you know, because I just, I didn't use to mark anyone. I just used to go just and attack the ball. Attack the ball. Yeah. Everyone else could mark. I would just go and say, I'm going to head the ball away. So I thought, ah. He was brilliant, McLean. Uh, so I mean, saw him, but uh,
2: it's something different uh, stop. Yeah, stop, Just stop golfing, man. Just head. stop
1: him he, heading it, and we'll try and, other, our other ones will try and score. You know? That tells you how good Andy was, and nah. that was his job. <laughs> I didn't want to say that to him. I said, How are you getting the whole of You marking me at your own corners, Andy.
2: Oh, uh, brilliant. But see, development wise, did he yeah. bring your game on?
1: Well, at 17, 18, I was, I was getting homesick again. So I can remember Christmas, oh, Christmas. Um, Christmas Day, uh, it must have been 1981, I just went into Walter Smith. I said, I'm off, I've, I've had enough. What I didn't know, my father told me later, was McLean was phoning my father every day. Because I, when I came back, my father was disappointed. He just kicked me out of the house as well, down in Durban or something. So I just, he was disappointed. He never said too much, but he was disappointed. Um, McLean was phoning him every day and said, listen, this boy will play for Scotland before he's 21. Wow. Yeah. my dad said to me, called me one one day and I was you know, I was happy. I was I was actually gonna go and join the South African Army or something, uh with all my mates, you know, you're that that age, seventeen, eighteen, you know. So my dad spoke to me and said, Listen, go back and give it another chance. And if you don't like it then come back. So I came back. I hadn't been in Scotland for six weeks, and he put me right in the first team at left back. And I was never at the first team again from oh. 18 on, you know.
2: Would he say these things to you, to your face, so that he thinks you think she could play for Scotland? Jim McLean or would, there, would there never be any praise?
1: No, no praise.
2: And did you like her?
1: Yeah, I was fine with that. You kind of knew as a player, I knew as a player. <clears throat> I played left back, right back, central defender. You know, um, you know, when we when we ended up getting the title that year, I played the last four games of that year as a central defender and he put David Neri in the middle of the park. you know, so I always knew... That was my ideal position, hmm. you know, as a central defender. That's where I always played in.
2: Because uh, for our viewers, like you say, you're not doing the league scene seems inconceivable. What it was is, it about that team that was so is. good? Then,
1: no, I think you could. You could in those days, uh, Simon. You could uh, keep a team together, you know. And um, well, Jim certainly could. Uh. <laughs> he certainly could. But you kind of had the teams together for about four or five years, I thought, you know. And um, that team, you know, had Hamish McAlpine and the goal was. You know, he was, was a bit of an you know, extrovert, but he was he was a good goalkeeper. With his feet, he was brilliant. You know, he was very good. He would have suited today's game perfectly. Um, myself, David Neri, Paul Hegarty, Malpass. He was a very strong wow. back four. He a good back four. Um, you know, midfield, Bannon, you had Bannon, you, you know, had Sturrock. a good team. Sturrock, Mal, and Dodds up front. So we had a very, very strong team, especially... Um, we used to have a very attacking team. There was a lot of pace in the team. Uh, Billy Kirkwood was a sitter, John Holt, uh, Starkey. So we had a really good side, you know. Um, and if you think of that team, we, we reached the European Cup semi-final. We reached two European, UEFA Cup quarterfinals, which we should have got through, maybe two of those, but um, we, were, we were a good team.
2: Was there always a belief in that dressing that you could compete with the top European top clubs? Um,
1: you know, it's about good players. Simon always thinks it's about good players. And that, that football club just had good players at that at that period of time. I mean, I left in um, o- August 86, 1986. And United went on that year to to get through to the, the UEFA final that year mm. against Gothenburg. And if you tell young kids of today that we were in a Champions League semi-final, you know, Dundee United, they go, you know, can't really believe mm. that. But that that was down to McLean keeping a really... Good squad of players together and uh, and good players.
2: You uh, played Rome in the semi-final. Won the first tie at 2-0. How special a night was that? It
1: was good. Um, they had a good team as well. They had uh, Graziani, the wee boy, wee, wee left wing, I can't even remember his name. Um, but they had a very strong team. Beat them 2-0. And their chairman came out and said, we were all on drugs, we ran around so much and everything, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um I can remember flying out there and read Jim says, "Remember when you come off in the, when you come off the plane, don't say anything to the press." And he had a great right go. He came off a plane and said, well, "I'm the mental," you know, and that's yeah. why they try to punch him after the game and everything.
2: Try to punch Jim, did they? Huh? Yeah,
1: came off. To, yeah, there was, there was a lot of problems after the game. Did you? Was but it you
2: that asked them to punch Jim? <laughs>
1: <laughs> couldn't be that. none of us were, none of us were helping him anyway and like, so you got off. No, know, we got beat 3-0 so you know, and they had a good team they had Falcao that's a Rezo from you know Brazilian boys and uh,
2: but they're not committed uh, directed to the director
1: and try to bribe the referee, referee? Yeah, yeah, yeah but you know they're a good enough team they didn't need that and uh, I think the referee was a guy called Vutro. But I don't think that happened. Or, he, or someone else took the money off the chairman and just <laughs> and bolted. You know, I don't think Vitro got the money, you know, so, yeah, we were just a wee bit of an experience at the time. You
2: know? Do you think you could have beat
1: Liverpool in the final? Or would that have been a step too far? I think it would have been a step too far as well. I mean, you know, yeah. they had Sooners and you know, they had a very, very great team, roundabout right about, you know, k mm. round right about that time as well. That would have been
2: See, see you know? being 2-0 in the first leg and then losing 3-0, with, with Jim, I went mental after the game it is.
1: No, I think it was, I think it was a bit shell-shocked that people were trying to punch him after the game, but um, yeah, I can remember Ralphie Mullen having a chance in the game, but other than that, the battered us, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I was in their state you know, it was in the stadium, the final was in their stadium as well. So I think if they needed four, they might have got four, oh. you know what I mean? It was one <laughs> of those, you just kind of think, you know. They're always going to win. Yeah, it was one of those games, I thought, you know, so. But it was a great experience and I'm thinking, like I won the league, when I I'd just turned 21 when we won the league, so I'm thinking, this will kind of happen every year, you know, I mean, this is, this is, this is what will happen. This is the norm, huh? This is the norm, you know, reaching finals, reaching cup finals, <coughs> reaching winning the league, you know, so that was the first league, you know, the first trophy I got and I got it early, so it was good.
2: How did that feel to win the SPL at 21?
1: Um, normal normal because it was just doing a good team you know we yeah. had a good dundee united reserve team won a lot of stuff and it felt good you know and then aberdeen had a very good team at the time uh you know very strong and that because they managed to keep their players together as well um and i used to have a habit of scoring against aberdeen as well um so i just um think the standard of football was good rangers weren't that good at that time but celtic had a good team celtic had charlie nicholas you know some good players as well. You know.
2: Mm. See when you win the league with Jim, have a pint with his?
1: No. Never. No. Did you just get a well done? I think we went down to Frank copple who's an old ex Dundee United player. We went down to his house after the, when we won the league, and Walter was there. I can remember that, but. Uh, no, nah, nah, He was old. Sitting school. in the house. Yeah,
2: and he's padded cellar. Yeah, <laughs>
1: definitely. Uh, yeah. See, when you got to
2: that European level and you obviously were playing really well, did you think the times come for me to move on? There,
1: um, I think that you know, because I was a young boy and I was, I'd been playing right back at Dundee United, so a um, very attacking right back, I must say. Cause I oh just, yeah. Yeah, I just used a bomb forward all the time and just, just I was a good athlete, like I said, so. I'd I'd get forward at the back post a lot and create a lot of danger coming in, you know, because Sturrock and Bannon, once they got it on the the left hand side, you know, I would just ghost in in and Billy Kirkwood would would sit for me. And it kind of was just a thing. I was good at that. I was good in the air. So just used to do. And I got, I think that league season I scored 10 goals from fullback. From fullback? Yeah, from fullback, yeah. What a player.
2: Jim McLean doesn't let anyone leave Dundee
1: United. So why did you get to leave? Because I told them I was going to retire again, I I put a gun to his head, more or less. Um, well, you
2: just said you would chuck it.
1: Yeah, I said I was going back to South Africa and chucking it. Because um, you know, you used to know at that time there were there, you know, there, there was not agents really really by that time. But newspaper people would phone you up. When I had this old this boy called Jim Roger, who was uh, the Doyle of Scottish newspaper at the, at the time. He was like like a like a, an agent and he would say you know you know Tottenham want you or whatever and so i knew there was an offer a big offer from Tottenham sitting on the table but Jim McLean was refusing to phone them back or something like that you know so i just went in and just said well i know there's an offer there and then i'm off
2: see that guy hadn't have told you that with Jim have not even told you about Spurs I wouldn't have told it yeah i wouldn't have got to hear about it so that guy's basically made your career
1: in a lot of in ever? Sorry, mate. No. Okay, of course not. I've <laughs> never had an agent in my career. My agent, <laughs> Have you no. My agent was Sir Alex Ferguson. If I needed a problem, I just found him up. Oh, brilliant. So that was my best agent. So, was there an argument with Jim when you left, or was it? No, so I spoke to the directors, but the board, and said, I'm, I'm off, you know. So, got a, got a call from the chairman of Dundee United saying, listen, we want you to play the game against Rangers on the Saturday because our league had started before Spurs, the league. He says, and then you can go. So it was quite funny because um, we we played at Abrox, lost the game. I go back on Saturday night. I still haven't heard anything. Jim McLean was not he was speaking to me, and I know I'm leaving the next morning to go down to London to, to sign for Tottenham. I get a call from, when I get back to Dundee, I got a call from uh, George Grant, who was the chairman of Dundee United, said... Um, um you can um got a wee problem, Richard Tottenham uh Tottenham have put 750, Chelsea have matched their offer. He said, so we need to go and see the both of them, both teams. So I said fine. So um I said uh but I've still not heard from Jim McLean so I called wee Jim up. And I said, you know, to get a bit of advice. Mm-hmm. So I said, Mister McLean, I just want to thank you. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I just want to thank you for all, all the help you've given me, you know, throughout my five years at Dundee United, um, and a bit of advice on on should I join Tottenham or Chelsea. And I knew I was going to join Tottenham. He says, Well, I don't really bother. Who, you, who the, the <laughs> f you going to fucking say? Fuck <laughs> off and put the phone down not believe it, you know what I mean? That's brilliant! <laughs> <probably>, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's how he was, you know. Like, you know, like, you know, not, not like, you know, Good luck with the rest of your career, son. Fuck oh, fuck off! I don't care who you Bang, you know. So that was it. So um I go down. I went down to Tottenham, and I knew I met Irvin Scholar and David Pleat. They they were waiting for me, you know. So and it was it was great because. I said, look, gentlemen, I said, I'd said i love to sign for you. I said, but I was 23, 24 at the time, so it wasn't a kid. But I said, you know, I really need to phone Ken Bates, who's the manager or uh, who's the chairman, chairman of, Chelsea. of Chelsea, just to say, look, I don't want to waste your time. I'm not coming. And Irvin Scholar says, are you sure you want to do that? I says, yeah. I says, that's, a, I am. that's the adult thing to do, yeah. you know. And he says, okay. He says, because I'd, I'd rather make that call, you know. I, said, I don't know i happened to you. So I phoned Ken Bates up. He says, I'll get Mr. Bates on the phone for you to get a phone. I said, Mr. Bates, Richard, go off here. He says, Look, I don't want to waste your time and come all up across London to West London and put uh, some signing for Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, you Scottish bastard. You know? <laughs> Ken Bates, I'm <laughs> done, you know. So there was two calls. Somebody <laughs> <Two goals. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> from pitching the Craig and Ken Bates. The parts are about crackers, you know. Oh, it didn't <laughs> good, late, didn't they didn't even do not late. Yeah, not late all the best for your career so, like, thanks for phoning you know that's brilliant isn't it? I just oh. like the scholar was like that yeah you know, like, laughing, you know? oh brilliant hey, how
2: different was the standard at sports compared to your United
1: was it quite um, easy for you because
2: you have been playing with top players
1: yeah but um, one of my first and then, then I'm right in because I'm right into the game first first game you know I'm, we played Aston Villa and um, I go into the dressing room And uh, Gary Mabbitt's injecting himself. He's my... uh,
2: Diabetic,
1: isn't (laughs) he? Yeah, he's my... I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah, he's in the toilet. And he says, it's all right, it's all right. He must have seen plenty of that in Dundee, but he's
2: definitely injected. (laughs)
1: there. Maybe now, not then, but then. But um, Glenn Hoddle said to me, um, when I came, Glenda, as he was known, you know, he said, uh, played against you three or four times, Richard, in the England team, Scotland. He says, you're a good passer of the ball. Um, when you get it, just look for me. And I said, well, well, why is that? And he says, because cause I'll be free. And I went, oh, right, okay. I said, so you don't run back with anyone then? Oh, no, I don't do that, son, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, and perfect. <laughs> so I nicked, I, I nicked off Aston Villa set up for it. I looked to him who's hiding behind the, the midfield. I think went into him and he's just put it through to Claire Allen without even looking, you know, on the volley. One no you know. And I'm thinking, oh,
0: wow. Know,
1: quality. Quality. And I always tell people, you know, when I look at centre backs now and they give it to their midfield players standing right next to them, you know, I said, I only gave it to one person. You Know from as a centre back, you know, and it was Glenn Hoddle because he could do something yeah. that I couldn't do.
2: Because how was the best you played there?
1: Yeah, I put him in my best ever team. And my best and my two central midfield players was um, Paul Gas, uh, Glenn Hoddle, and Graham Sooners. I just did a Rangers team the other day, right. uh, not a Rangers team, a best ever team,
2: yeah,
1: and uh, Gascois has just been up, hasn't he? You know? He says, I see, I see I wasn't in your team, Coffee. He's seen it, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's seen it. I knew. <laughs> and he goes, uh, I said, well, I had to put Hoddle in soon I said. I couldn't put you ahead of him, Paul. I'm sorry, you know. He says, don't worry. He says, I put Mabbit in, in instead of you for the <laughs> tournament. He's <laughs> <laughs> quite happy, you know, because I don't want to upset Gascois, you know. Uh, but Hoddle was the best. I've said, I as, love a, that for Hoddle. Just pass it as to a player, As a player, he was... Um, you know, I love Suárez as a player, and and Gascoigne. I always say Gascoigne was a player. If you needed someone to win you a game, he you know, produce a moment of magic. Uh. Yeah, he was the one that you know if your life was on the line. Mm. But as a player, one of the you know the best players, and I was lucky enough to play with so many good players. But the best player I played with was, was probably, and I only had a season with him.
2: Right,
1: and he only had a season with me, and he funny enough put me in his best team as well. So he obviously rated me a wee bit. Yeah. But he was the best I'd see. Brilliant. Glenn. I don't know what a player. I just just could see things other people couldn't see, you know. Because yeah. I always used to say to him, I would always argue with him and say, I'd give him a ball with five minutes to go and keep it, Glenn. And he try he'd, him. He would try the thing, right? And I would call Glenn, Glenda. You know, you know, keep it, man. it's like two minutes to go, you know. He says if I goes through, Richard. It's two 0 <laughs> You know. Well, I don't uh, eh? know. So, like today's game, he would his stats would be poor because he he might only have thirty percent, but the thirty percent were goals. You know, oh, yeah. because every ball he was. Can I get was,
2: players like that today? No, but every ball was a. I was
1: but Every ball was. He was trying Try to create a goal. Yes. Love it. I know. So the strikers were like, oh, boy. <laughs> and they, if they ran, they knew it was coming right, <laughs> right on their toe. Yeah brilliant uh, you
2: lost the FA Cup final 87 to Coventry yeah. do you look back on oh. that spell bittersweet
1: yeah I do yeah, should have won the game yeah but we were so confident um, I remember Ozzy Audelis coming into the room because we had a great team Hoddle Waddle wow. Wow. Mabbit, You know, Clive Allen had scored 49 mm. and we had a fantastic team um, we Aussie used to come into my room and uh, take two whiskies. From the bar, the miniatures, to whiskies, you know, at the bar, have his fags on the Friday, night. <laughs> because I love that. he knew he knew he knew I wouldn't get pulled for taking the whiskies, and the manager knew it wouldn't be me. So, <laughs> I was, you know, but if it was his room, he would get pulled. You know, but he used to come into my room. <laughs> was he? Was
2: he a genius as well? Genius
1: as well, and I used to argue with him all the time, and he just go, "How many World Cup so oh, winners medals you got?" <laughs> end of argument, on it, you know. <laughs> but we played that day and the morning of the game they had a boy a right winger called Bennett a black lad called Bennett right. was a good player you know and he said a big headline I love playing against Mitchell Thomas that was our left back that day and I, I went I just went to Mitchell's room I said have you seen this article he loves playing against you I said first minute, just put him in oh, Rosehead you know so, they, they throw the ball out to him in the first minute, and Mitchell jockeys him right back to the edge of our 18 yard box, and he chips it in for Regis and Houchin. There's a boy called Houchin, who played up at Hibbs as well. He was a good player as well, a big tall boy. And Regis, I think, headed it over the bar, so, well, this is going to be a long day here, yeah. you know, you know. So, we should have won it, but we never. But, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good, it was a good season to at Tottenham. Was that
2: one of the disappointments here, biggest disappointments here, your career? Losing that? Yeah. Way?
1: Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. It was, I had a few. I didn't have many huge disappointments, but that that was one of them. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, Why did you leave Spurs then? You couldn't get away, or did you want to stay? No,
1: I signed a I signed a five year contract right in that summer. Um, but um, you know, as soon as Graham had always been on the phone to me, we were friends. You well, know? while you were
2: playing at Tottenham, Graham would be phoning you, huh?
1: Well. No, just no, to, for a catch-up and stuff like just that. A catch up. <laughs> just a catch-up. Just a catch-up. But when you're coming back, I'll be a coffee, you know. <laughs> but it was, a, you know, just a catch-up. And, and Walter Smith as well. Walter's a good friend of mine as well, you know, so... Um, Would it only have
2: been Rangers that you'd left Tottenham for then? Because of Sooness and, and Walter Smith. Yeah,
1: and, and Rangers. You, you, you know, it was a strange time in that time, Simon, because the English clubs were banned from Europe. Right. So it was an, an, an anomaly, really, that we were managing rangers managed to get all the best english players we had like half the english team during that period so you know it was kind of like i my wife my wife's father from dundee had just passed away you know the previous year she was up in dundee quite a bit visiting up with her parents yeah. looking off their mother so there was a few things that came together rangers also put in a bid. And, uh, that doubled ranges, that doubled the money. I mean, it was 1.5 million pound for, for a central defender at that time. First
2: ever political for a million which,
1: which was unheard of. You know, there was, I mean, that was a record, I think, that stood for a couple of years. Um, so I, I I'm always, I'm always said, if, you know, if you, if they, if Tottenham come to me and say, we've accepted an offer for you, then I'll come and speak to you. You Know so I was a captain at Tottenham. So, oh, yeah, I captain
2: at Tottenham as well,
1: yeah. Yeah, I was, you know, Ray clemens gave me the armband in about January of my first year there because he was a captain down there and he just took off. That's where I knew that half senior players run the dressing room. He took the armband off in a game that new year and he just he threw it to me right in front of David Plead and said, you know you'd be the captain. Going. Yeah. What an hear of that, is he? Proper football players. Proper football players. And he was a proper, he was one of the goalkeepers that I learned more about defending from than anyone else.
2: Why, just talking you through games and stuff like that? Yeah, uh-
1: talking. And I always just translate my goalkeepers, you know, talking and where to hold my line as a defender. Don't come into the box, otherwise I'm going to break your jaw. You know, was so, uh, <laughs> like, what? Did I hear that right? <laughs> I says okay, so I kept everyone right on the edge of the box. Uh-huh. He says, then I can come and catch it. You know, there's no one there. He says, you come if you come back, and I see teams coming back into their box. You know, just little things. And you could hear you, him You could hear him all the time from from a long way back. You know, on your left shoulder, right shoulder. Right. You know, it was he was great. That's honestly.
2: true. It's all the players that you learn the game from, isn't it? Absolutely. We bits and nuggets at they give yeah. 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 you. Yeah. Know, so that, first ever player to go for yes. a million Scotch player. Mind balance must have been looking magnificent. Eh? <laughs> Is that when you thought I've I've made it then?
1: It was it was good because um Graeme Sooners took a lot of pressure off me. I mean it was one point five million pounds, you know, which was a record that stood till Gary Pallister, I think, went to from Middlesbrough to Manchester United, right. in ninety one or whatever it was. <clears throat> so um Soonas said, This boy will play for our club for ten years and it'll cost our club 150000 pounds a year. Was, looking at it. it was a good way of looking at it it took a lot of pressure because all the press were like you know 750 last year is a right but you know and I, you know so it took a lot of pressure off me um but i came up and i never had an agent i had a lawyer i came up with and i and uh went to um landed in edinburgh that morning it's october the 2nd october the 3rd 1987. and uh <laughs> my wee jewish uh, lawyer said uh showed me the front page of the Daily Record you know golf signs for Rangers you know blah 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 you know he says they made a mistake there he says you haven't signed at all I says oh no you know I have to I have to sign he says yeah we'll be signing but they can't they can't let you leave Glasgow without signing you
2: because it's on the front so you can ask for whatever you want
1: yeah so I said I'd already kind of agreed stuff you know with Graham Saw. So, um, David Holmes was in charge of the club. It was a good wee story. David mm-hmm. Holmes was in charge and anyway like, they, they had a wee chat and you know as soon as we went mental because he was in the room because when he seen me he gave me a big hug and we are excited <laughs> and, and uh, the wee lawyer said oh you know uh, it's not you know we've got a few things. Tottenham have given us another offer you know so we have to you know.
2: What a mighty wee Jewish guy,
1: eh? brilliant and as soon as was gone mental Graham was gone mental and his last words were you better be worth every fucking penny <laughs> <laughs> because David Holmes asked him to leave the room no did he yes what because he was that angry yes he was gone mental oh but, brilliant t- I know David Holmes said Graham leave the room <laughs> I mean, that was his last words <laughs> you better be worth every fucking penny
2: you know? were you worried about playing for okay. soon because he was your mate though was there that extra pressure because he was your pal
1: I mean, he wasn't a pal, but he was, um, you know, he, was a, he wasn't a pal, but he was like someone I looked up to, you uh-huh. know, so you didn't want to let him down, you know. Disappoint him, dis- uh-huh. yeah, dis- disappoint him in any way. And he was a crazy manager, you know. I mean, I mean Koistia will tell you, I lost a great friend of mine, tell you, he didn't really, <laughs> they didn't gel perfectly together. Yeah, you know? he said that
2: on here, her. he said that on They yeah, didn't yeah.
1: gel, but I mean, he, had, he would have had that respect for him, you mm. know. Um, but, Maybe, you know, questions bit too, you know, lippy for him or, you know, was quick, yeah. you know, like quick with yeah, 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 stuff like that. Soonest of soon like all that stuff, you know, so. But he knew Alistair was a good player, you know. But, um, yeah, it was great. And then, you know, he revolutionized the football club. Mm. So, you know, we come up. First year was a wee bit um, tricky. And we never got the title. Um, Terry Butcher broke his leg players, it was like a, you know, it was like a circular door, there was just people coming in and out, and it was, you know, because if you didn't like someone, you would sign someone, and then go, two weeks later, we'd go, uh, oh, by the way, just you keep renting, don't buy yourself a house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it like, Jimmy Nicholls said that to him, he was the like, he would just get rid of them. He eh? would just get rid of them, but he was, he was ruthless, you know, he was, he was, he was really ruthless, but which as a player is actually okay, you know.
2: I mean, Honestly, honest yeah, that's what you want, isn't you know,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, looking for a house? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe stop that. Imagine you in the mix of looking look, for a house
2: and he tells you I to know, stop. he
1: tells you to stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be in the hotel another, until I get ready. you. I'm like, what? Bro, yeah. You know, there was a few and, and a few people had to go You it and they were off. See that first year,
2: did you struggle with the demands of Rangers? Even being at big clubs like the United Kingdom, like Tottenham, who was a big club, but was the demands a lot higher at Rangers than it was at Tottenham?
1: Absolutely, because if you lost a game it was a disaster. My first game we lost. My first game at Ibrox um uh, was a two two game against Celtic. And like you say about Scottish football, like that you know, it's like chaos, you know, we had two, we're two on down and we had nine men. We had nine men on the field, you know. It's like what's going on, yeah, what have I done? here? Yeah, coming up to that. Then I scored I set Koisty up for one and then scored to equalize it in the ninetieth minute um so yeah it was a good way to start was that atmosphere nothing
2: like you'd seen before no
1: nothing like i'd seen it you know I mean,
2: did it were you going to get nervous or that did that scare you that atmosphere or no did you i never got
1: it? nervous about playing i was always confident of my own ability but um but i like to get nervous you know before the game not nervous but you know butterflies, yeah, flying you know because i thought you know, if you've never had those you never had an edge to your game Um, i loved i love playing against biggest games. Mm. You know, that was that was what drove me really.
2: Yeah. How do you think Sune's balanced uh, player manager? Um, not uh,
1: not great, not great. I mean, he was he was he was brilliant. I mean, we we won. It. I mean, Andy Gray. I don't know if you've had Andy Gray on this. This but he tells me a story. He says that um, him and Danny Cooper had been the subs most of the, the season in eighty eight mm. eighty nine when we were going for the treble. And uh, we play Celtic at Hamden, you know, just to finish a treble off. And Andy had scored two at Dens the Saturday before. And soon as names a team, Andy Gray says, well, he names a team. But in those days, there were only two subs, you know. So he goes, and the subs will be me and Danny Cooper. And Andy Gray turned the job out. He's me, me. <laughs> <laughs> <Bastard>. <laughs> he named himself a big fat bastard. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. has been the sub the whole season and he's named himself a <laughs> <the> sub <laughs> of the fun. <laughs> Anyway, just patched that big Yeah, went, Oh, I've never won a Scottish Cup final medal. I think I'll try and get one today. yourself <laughs> 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 Oh, what a man. I know really... well, I want to ask you, because I the story you
2: told me before we came on about how you would try and get an opposition player's head when you were at Rangers as well. Yeah. And Rangers yeah, are buying, because of Duncan Ferguson.
1: Yeah, Duncan. You know, Duncan, Duncan was great, you know. I mean, it's unfortunate what happened to him at, at Rangers, you know, but I can remember. Um, we were going to obviously try and sign him, you know. And he was a young boy. He was, I don't know, 17, 18, I don't know, 18 19. But on his day, he was unplayable, mm. Ferguson. He really was. Handful. Oh. So, ball comes, first goal kick. He's come across me. He's elbowed me, I think, put a couple of stitches. And I says, listen, if you do that again, son, you ain't getting a Rangers football club, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I says, whatever you do, you don't score against us. You'll never come in here. <laughs> So that was, it. oh, sorry, Richard, sorry. He's <laughs> walking about like in a straight jacket the rest of the game And me, Jim, seen me talking to him. See, he knows what's happened, you know? Shout out Ferguson! <laughs> but the best, like, the Ferguson story I tell all the time was in 92, we we're in, um, in, uh, for Scotland. It just broke into the Scotland team. And we we're in, uh, Canada before we go to the European Championships. And, uh, I've got, I've got McCoist McCall, Gorham, Macpherson, myself, it was five, six of us at Rangers boys, I said get the boys together, we're having a beer in the room, in, in Toronto it was, and I said listen, you know, I'm going to speak to Ferguson, you know, he says we'll get him up in the room, so we get Duncan into the room, you know, because was, was rumours that he was coming, so Ferguson comes in, there you go, and he was gallows, he was a gallus boy, you know, a real gallus boy, so he takes his top off for some reason. You know, showing us, you know, the muscles and that. And fact, McQuay said, coffee, show him the press ups, get the press ups, let's have a bet. And he says, well, I'll do you. I said, He says, 200 pound, you know, 200 pound. Now you couldn't afford 200 pound of that day, right?
2: Fair play.
1: Fair play. You know. I'm down. I'm, you're <laughs> on top.
2: You're, you're loaded. You're not
1: bothering 200 pound. I'm down doing my press ups. I think I knocked out 82 press ups at that time. Ferguson, I'll never forget. He was lying on the couch, on the on the bed with a <laughs> cigar. And <laughs> And he went in his pocket and he said two hundred pounds. He said, That's too much. <laughs> That's too good for me, Goffy. <laughs> the boys went man. oh. I've got a red face. I'm fucking fine. You never even tried it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, bro. So we loved him, you know? We loved him. Character. I was a character. Uh-huh, yeah. He was a great character. And I just I fell for him when he came and Mark Haightley had a couple of seasons that were unbelievable Around right about that time and um, you know when he headbutted the boy and then he, all of a sudden he was going to jail you know no. and I was you know I'd spoke to the chairman and said you know must must be something
2: you can, I can do
1: because I had his father on the phone to me and saying must be something you know um, and I was sad I, I was sad to see him go because mm. he would have been a great he would have been a great um, player for for our club
2: yeah okay uh, just on your final uh, your first season sorry Richard uh, mm. obviously you lost like to Celtic. how was that feel a defeat a team like Rangers did, did Souness say this not <laughs> happening again
1: um, there was a lot of changes so the boys knew I mean we lost uh, at the end of the season that year to Aberdeen and he had an argument with Graham Roberts or and that was something that you never did with soonest you know he didn't argue or answer him back in the dressing room um, it was his law you know that went and um so we knew we knew um uh, (coughs) yeah we would but we knew we had a good team Mm. and he got gary stevens the next season he got trevor you know the season after that and then we started building properly and that was a you know that was a a, as strong as rangers team as i've played in 88 89 it was a really strong team you know um yeah so it was was disappointing but um (coughs) we knew we never thought we'd go on to what what happened but mm. we knew we we had a good we had, a, we had the best players yeah. was that it also was david good. murray
2: taking over as well with that a big part of the play david
1: murray took over in november of um, uh 1988 that season yeah and that had a big part mm. because then there was uh you know there was um, we we're just getting the prime of the best players mm. and like i said <clears> the english teams were out of europe at that time so Rangers at that time, Rangers at that time were, for me, were top in the top three in British football. You know, uh, at that time.
2: See when you mentioned the big players, with Sunnis, no matter how big the player was, you would. Was everyone treated the same?
1: Yeah, pretty so much.
2: You would go through all the big players as well, eh? Yeah,
1: yeah, he would.
2: None of them. Um, none of them would ever answer him back. Obviously, say like Graham no. Roberts, but
1: no, no, none no. of them would ever. You know, you knew, but but he just knew. He was a, he was a football man, so. You know, it's saying to myself and Butcher, was, I was captain of Scotland, Butcher captain of England, you know. You can never get that now. No. Uh, he would come in if me and Butcher were not playing too well, which wasn't very often, but if we weren't, he would come in and say, listen, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how to head the ball out of the box, you know, and, and where to hold your line and blah, 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 you know. Um, you know, sometimes myself and Butcher would have an argument in the dressing room. And that's what I always say about Ray Wilkins, he could, he was the only one who could come up and say, hey, 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 you're both better than that, you know, and separate, you know, and that's why I love Ray Wilkins so much. Mm. I mean, but if you think all the experience we had there, Ray Wilkins, 80 caps for England, Butcher, 80 caps. Wow. I mean, it was Gary Stevens, right, you know, it was just tremendous players. Yeah. And it, you know yourself, Simon, if you play with better players makes you better it makes you better as yeah.
2: well uh, did, did, you, did David Murray interact much with the place did you have many dealings on
1: um, I did I did after you know after I became captain I did uh, uh, you know a lot of uh, interaction with David well I say a lot um, I learned a lot from Ray Clemens you know as a captain of a, you know a how-to captain of a football team and Terry and Terry Butcher yeah. Terry was a different captain to myself where he was very 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 um, very vocal i wasn't maybe i just try to lead my example and um wouldn't ask anyone to do anything that i wouldn't do type thing you know mm. and um but um i used to go through with david murray and um do the bonuses and do, you know before before the start of the season and stuff like that you know and just make sure everything was everything was in black and white we knew what was happening
2: did you quite like that side of
1: things yeah because David Murray was great I used to say we want that and he would say yeah that's fine so you're after that I would got back to players and the players were like, oh well you should have lost for more Koysti <laughs> he was very you should have lost for more I should take over there. I should take over there. imagine yeah. having jabbed that oh. yeah. go Koisty's charity yeah. <laughs> he's not being a fiver he's being a fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly
2: uh, but see when David exactly. Murray came in obviously as is as says, yeah, was the aim to be elite not just in Scotland but
1: also Europe um, Is that spoken about
2: amongst the players and the, the staff? No, not really, yeah.
1: not really. But um, we just we just enjoyed our football, Simon. You know, and a good team. In the European thing, it was different then. Uh, it was knockout, so mm-hmm. we drew. We drew some really good teams, and when we had that good team, I mean, we drew. We drew Bayern Munich, got knocked out, you know. Drew Red Star Belgrade, who went on to win it as well. And they were a fantastic team as well in 1991. Then the rules changed again um, when you could only have so many foreigners in the team. You know, yeah. they kind of did that. And at that period, say maybe ninety three, ninety four to to ninety six, we never had enough good Scottish players. I always thought to to have a really to compete mm. at the highest level. You know, yeah.
2: Uh, right, the signing that sent shockwaves through Scottish football, Mo Johnson, Ray Morris. Did Graham speak to you before that about signing him, or was it a complete yeah. shot? He did, yeah. Yeah. Did he ask an opinion?
1: Yeah. Um, well, not ask my opinion. It just said, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh. well, I, I kind of had a sense of it because I played with Morrison uh, before the, we played England in the May, you know, in the Rouse Cup we used to play against England and, uh, um, you know, Morrison said, I'll see a at pre-season, Guffey. And I was like, what? He said, I'll see you at pre-season. And I went away, I went away down to South Africa, I was, you know, come back. And then when I got to, when I came back in, um, Graham had said he had signed him, you know, and he's coming in in a helicopter that day. He says, uh, alert the boys. Uh, I just shook my head, you know, I said, great player at that time. So were you happy with it? Delighted. Yeah. Delighted. Was he magnificent? Uh-huh? Aye, ah, he was. Uh-huh. He was because as good he as. as it, so. He was, during that period when we was at Nantes, he was as good as center forward scottish center forward that i played with um he was um he was tough Eleven stone dripping wet he was great touch brave as a lion um and that first six months he was at Rangers, he was fantastic as well Mm -hmm. he was on the move all the time i don't know if it was maybe thinking a sniper would get him or something but it was like he was moving all the time he was he was great you know and i think he played with a lot with Mark Hightley up front as well at, in that first season but good in the dressing room
2: How was the dressing room with him? Was there a lot of wind-ups?
1: Yeah there was a lot of wind-ups Who, who would come, be the one that
2: would wind them up across?
1: Yeah Weed we had such a good yeah. I was so fortunate um, you know like you know as a captain of that team because we had such a good dressing room there was a lot of um, influential people in it you know but we all got on very well together you know mm-hmm. um, I always say you know, there wasn't many bad apples in the <coughs> restroom you know and if, if there if there ever was a bad apple we, it would you get rid of them yes
2: yes would you do that as captain or would that be the manager that would do it
1: no nah, it would be the manager but you know you, you could you could often see you know but like I said we had a great restroom there wasn't much people came in and loved it there wasn't many that um that came and were a bad apple type thing, and there wasn't many bad apples during that period of time.
2: Yeah, the best one that you mentioned, Ray Wilkins, how good a teammate and guy was he, and played
1: And I was, was so sad to see, you know, to see him die young. Um, he was brilliant as well. You know, I used, I lived in Bodwell at that time, and he bought a house right next door to me, and um, we used to come into training together. And I just, I just used to like feed on you know, his stories about AC Milan, and, you know, and Paris and germain and, you know, I used to love it. And he used to get the during the early 90s. or well, he, he was here from 88. Yeah, he signed not long after me. I think maybe, yeah, not long after me. So right. he was here, yeah. So he had the, he was piping in AC Milan, you know, the um, the games from Serie a, Serie a. So I used to go to his house on a Sunday watch, AC Milan play, and I, I just used to watch Baresi and how he handled his, his back four, and you know Maldini was a young player coming through, and just the line they took and how far up the field they were, and you know it was great, you know. So I learned I learned a lot from watching that Milan team play and and listening to Ray Wilkins oh, yeah. talking about football.
2: what a guy uh, Top man. as you say you took over and the great card.
1: player was he a great player? Yeah,
2: even at that age, still. Tremendous. Uh-huh. Uh, you took over the captaincy from Terry Butcher. Uh, how much did you learn for him
1: as well? A lot. Terry was good. Best centre-back I've played with. Is he? Yeah. By a mile. And what, just com- competitor aggressive? Competitive aggressive the year I played with him in 88, 89. He was probably one of the best centre-backs in the world. Was he? Uh-huh? Yeah, he was a um, uh, great left foot, great pass. So he could the play, ball. could he? Uh-huh? He could play. Very good very good you know um and would I you just argue quite good. a lot John no no nah. oh, he would just say is it my turn for is it my turn to hurt the center forward richard this week or is it your <laughs> turn so i think it's your turn again terry <laughs> <laughs> crapping himself you know i mean it's not
2: would you give center forward was a bit verbal as well yeah he, a, he was a bit know, more in the head
1: yeah he was in the head a wee bit you know Hoddle was like that as well, funny enough, talking to other players, which surprised me. And was he what yeah, wind them up like? Yeah, yeah. I remember him playing against Finney Jones once. And he said, You're a bricklayer, son, aren't you? <laughs> and he went, I've got this wall that I need to to get, you know, done in uh, in my massive garden. You <laughs> <I laughs> can't round, you know. Think and, time. <laughs> and I'm thinking the Finney just was gonna take his head off, you know. And he would maybe just love it. was tough like
2: could Hodor, oh, Hodor himself I mean, it? just put it, through, put his it through his
1: legs and stuff like that you know it was amazing right.
2: uh, just on the captaincy so can yeah, you remember yeah. the moment you were asked
1: yeah people always say to me what's your your best moments in a, in a Rangers jersey you know and I went off oh, for, for Rangers and I said well I said that my two best moments or my three best moments weren't in a jersey a Rangers jersey the one when I signed um the second one, when I was made captain of Rangers Football Club, because I knew what it meant. Um, and the third was when I picked up nine in a row and I had a suit on. So those were my three best moments weren't
2: in a jersey. Yeah.
1: In a jersey. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, I, th- I knew that was a natural progression. I, I, it was a shame how Terry Butcher, you know, left the club um, because he was sent to Coventry. You know, you know um, he left the. Uh, under a shadow, really, and it, should have, it shouldn't have been like that because mm. he was a great, you know. He he brought professionalism to the club and a winning um, mentality. Yeah, the mentality of the club changed, I think, when himself and Soonas came, you know, um, and the and the and the boys thrived on that, you know. So he played, I think, in the nineteen ninety World Cup with an injury, and Soonas didn't want him to play for England, and he played and you know, went on that season. Yeah. And, uh, I think in 19, it was, yeah, it was 1990, I think. Yeah. Um, we played Red Star, Belgrade, got beat, and we played a League Cup final. It was my first one as a captain. And Terry, for some reason, no one will know what happened between him and Graham that day, but he was asked to play and he never played or whatever. And um, that was him. That was him off. And um, Graham asked me to be you know the captain. Did he pull you in the office? Yeah. Did yeah. you know it was coming?
2: Yeah, knew mm. it
1: was coming. Yeah, I knew it was coming. You know. And did you get so, emotional like,
2: about stuff like that? Or? Um. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I did because I thought <clears throat> it was something as well that you know, I just think the Rangers captain or well, the Celtic captain—they're institutions. Both clubs are institutions in the city, and it means it means a lot to to everyone. You know, to 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 captain the club, mm. you know. So, yeah, it was a big, it was a big honour. And I've i captained Tottenham, I've captained Everton, captained big clubs. Yeah. So, but Rangers is um, was your dad
2: a Rangers fan growing up too? Yes. So, do, do you remember making the phone call to tell him?
1: Yeah, he was happier than me. You know, uh, not happier than me, but I mean, you know, very proud. Mm. And my grandfather's a Rangers supporter as well. So he's from he was from Denniston, so it was good.
2: Do so you yeah. have like a committee or, that, or was it just you? No, just your... it's
1: not committee, hmm. it's not committee. I mean I got a call from David Murray when when I heard actually one of my English uh, friends in the press called me and said, um, uh, uh, Graeme Souness is leaving the club at the end of the season. And I went what? I couldn't believe it you know, he said yeah he's going to sign for Liverpool. And I got a call not long after that but like 10 minutes after from David Murray and said, come into into the club tomorrow morning, early. So I went in and he said, "Um, I just want your opinion on Walter Smith. Would Walter Smith be okay for the next match? I said, absolutely. know, I I said, why? He said, well, Graham's leaving right away. So, you know, David Murray took a a big chance because Graham wanted to leave at the end of the season. But he said to Graham, if you're leaving you know, now then you leave right now type thing, you know, mm. so yeah, so we things like that, you know, just to make you know, had a close relationship with Eddie Murray too.
2: So you've gave Walter Smith his career, well done, it. Nah, yeah,
1: no, yeah, just, say, yeah. No, just I mean, he just wanted to make, you know <clears> be sure, you know, would be fine with the yeah. boys and I just said, absolutely, I mean, I said Walter, and what was it Walter was You thought he would be fine
2: <sighs> Everyone that. that comes on here says that Walter was scarier than Graham Sooner's
0: Let's get this dinner party started.:
1: a minute. Uh, yeah, Walters two completely different people, um, and they might, when they were together, it was very good, because Walter's man management skills were, you know, top class. And what will it would you do that was so good? Well, you, we just know how to treat people better. Graham must probably treat everyone the same. Now yeah. like you can't treat everyone the same, Simon. You know, mm-hmm. you know we've worked we've worked that out as we we get older. You know, um, Walter was he would treat Brian Laidrop differently to me. You know, he knew why. He knew he knew what rocked my boat, but he couldn't do that with, with loudrip or something or mm-hmm. or a Gascoigne. You know, all all the different players that we kind of had, and the players that we had over the you know Gorums and. Different people over at McCoist, he brought the best out in McCoist. where well, Soonis maybe didn't bring the best out in McCoist, mm. you know. So he just knew he knew the buttons to press. Walter, um, I loved Soonus. I loved Soonus as a manager. I liked that type of management, just boom straight down the line, you know. Um, and I loved Walter Smith as well. You I know, mean, worked with Walter for twenty four out of twenty five years. Yeah. You know, it was uh, it was great. And and he. He took over a really difficult time. Um, I can remember I got sick through the last two games of the season. Uh, I was in Ross Hall, you know, I wasn't well, and um, it was a crucial game against Aberdeen that we had to, to win, and, and he scored twice, you know? And that was three games into Walters. Taking over. Into career. But it was some, some call by David Murray to say to, to Graham. When you go? If you don't, if you don't want to be here, you go now. Mm. I mean, three games to go, you know I mean? You know, it was a big, it was a big call.
2: Did you have a conversation with Sainz before you left?
1: No. No. i to him after since and, you know, I think he admits that it was the biggest mistake of his life. To leave, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, right, just out of Scotland How yes. much did you take pride playing for the national team Three major tournaments, Mexico 86 Italian <coughs> 90, Euro 92 did you, was, always, did you
1: always see yourself as Scottish? Or? Yeah, always saw I myself mean, Growing up in South Africa My dad was a professional football player Played for a team out there There was a lot of um expats come out to play um, Out there at that time um, So I, I knew Bobby Hume, Craig Watson who played for Rangers, they came out to to play. So I grew up listening to Rangers stories. You know, I grew up uh, wanting to be a football player. Um, you know, so it just worked out that, that way for me. So it was You used to go to school in South
2: Africa by Kelton?
1: <laughs> no, but it was a very Scottish upbringing I got, you know, even though I mean <laughs> my mum always slaughters me when I went to, to Sweden in ninety two. Uh, i was well known in sweden that i was born in stockholm yeah what a place um great place Mm -hmm. and um so the swedish tv wanted to interview me so i said yeah fine captain of scotland but born in sweden you know so they interviewed me and the guy started talking swedish to me you know and I was like that, I'm sorry, you know, my mum, my mum never taught me Swedish. And I killed my mum for that. And I said on Sweden national TV, my mother never taught me Swedish and she got pounded, you know, by all her cousins. But it was my dad. You so, well, know, me That stupid language, you know. But, my dad would have, I've always said, my dad would have shot me if I'd played for, for Sweden. Brilliant. But that was McLean as well. McLean, as he said, to Jogstein, and McLean was assistant to Jogstein at that time. <clears throat> Said so he must have must have had a good player. Yeah, here. you better get him. By the way, but he's born in Sweden, but his dad's Scottish.
2: you to play for Scotland, is it?
1: Huh? I'm sure, but he got uh, he got Jorg Stein. Yeah, just to say, you better get him tied yeah. up for the under twenty one. You know, just just in case he makes it. You know what <laughs> I mean? So yeah, so that happened. So once I played for the under twenty ones, then that was you. Yeah, but I would never. I was always my. Um, my goal was to to play for Scotland one day, and it happened, you know.
2: And uh, proudest moment, captain Scotland, you don't to say in your birthplace in Sweden. Yeah, I Sorry, mean, away.
1: a great, great. Like I said, I mean, I, I made my debut March of 30th, 1983. Uh, Charlie Nicholas scored two goals um, against um, against Switzerland. Um, they had a big centre forward, and that was Alan Hansen. I think, and Willie Miller, and Big Jock Steen was. You know that's what i liked about about him he gave he never said anything to me jockstein. he just he threw the number two shirt and he said listen play do do for your country what you do for your club go play that was Come it on. that was a team talk mm. <laughs> i was like that wow well, this is brilliant i just ran up and down you know <laughs> and um you know jockstein he, he took alan hansen off at half time the big center forward was giving him a hard time and he he slaughtered Hansen in the dressing room. I was like, oh, was like, oh my God, you know. I was it. Yeah, he slaughtered Hansen, and he, and he threw he just threw the shirt at the cliche. and he says, go take care uh, of the big centre forward. And Big Alec came on. But I was like, you know, the power, you know I mean? Hansen was a great, great, uh-huh. great player, you know, 83, you know, right at the peak. And he was getting knocked about and Chuck wasn't having it, you just know. Just took him off. Just took him off, half time. Put put Alec in, and Alec put the nut on the boy. Not... And <laughs> was that the start of the going...
2: international career? After <laughs> no, it.
1: Alec had been playing, you know, a wee bit but, but that was that eighty three. So so I played for Scotland sixty one caps. I was very proud of the sixty one caps. Um, I'd had a few issues. Wait, the Scotland career, my end of career, it was a regret of mine. Um, we handled it wrongly because um, I should have had one hundred and twenty five caps, mm. not sixty one, because I went on to play from 93 to 2001 um, and um, you know during that period I know it extended my my Rangers career and maybe may my thing but I still think that's probably I was up there as Scotland's most probably best center back during that period from, from from 93 94 to when I finished playing you know mm. And what was it? Was it
2: issues with the coaches?
1: Yeah, it was a few issues we had, but it was was handled the wrong way. And I, 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 I stupidly did a book where I criticised um, Andy Rossberg and Craig Brown, and I shouldn't have. Um, I should have just told, you know, girded my huff, as they say. Yeah. And I didn't. I was stubborn. And um, I think also they handled it the wrong way as well. Um, you know, because you need, you want your best players to be playing for you. You know so, and it never happened. So,
2: have you spoken to him since
1: Mr. Roxborough? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and Craig Brown, yeah, yeah, That's all right, yeah, That's all good.
2: Okay, uh, Champions League Rangers being so dominant in Scotland, was there a setting to win the Champions League? Did you feel that was possible? Um, know Walter was massive on Europe, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he was, but but during that period as well, when especially when we got to to. Six in a row, seven, like, you know, and then he started getting closer to the the. Ninth. That was more than. Yeah, that was more. Not not the aim. We want to do well in both, and there was no rotation system, you know. Like, I uh, I was thinking the other day, I was I was looking at Joey Rebo. I'm just mentioning this out of you know, an yeah. he split his head open, got twenty stitches. You know, I said that happened to me on quite a few occasions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Most games, yeah. But not. You should try and hit it at the centre back, you know, at the centre forward. But but it would happen sometimes, and you know, I and I'm sure sure I was concussed, and then play. So you would play the, the next Saturday, you know, you would get stitched up, and you would play the next Saturday with a band on your, you know, the head, and you would just go play, and um, now you can't play for three weeks, mm. you know. So. Um, we we never had a good enough squad for Walter Smith to go listen, by the way, we're playing Juventus on the on the on the Sat on the, on the Wednesday night. Uh can we um we'll rotate you, Richard, have a rest. We weren't good enough to do that yeah. to say, because we're going for eight, nine eight, seven, eight, nine in a row. We're saying we need to beat Mother Wall at yeah. the Park, we need to beat Hearts at Tancastle. You we need to play. So we were we were full steam ahead, you know. So I I think that um, didn't help us in a lot of ways Um I think we would have done we would have we would have been better in Europe if we could have rested all our players like Juventus or Ajax would do mm-hmm. in, in their league they would, they would sometimes not play half their team
2: because they were on with their league
0: huh? ahead yeah.
1: yeah well they weren't too bothered they weren't going for a like I don't know, no, no, no a historic thing that yeah. in our little small country that that was important yeah. to us
2: Um. Further European Conference, came came 1993, mm-hmm. Claims at Marseille, Mark Hiley. Did you think someone was up? Um,
1: when he got sent off, you mean? Yeah, was oh, it? Man, or oh, you mean bribing up, him? Yeah, bribing not, it, uh, yeah, I've heard that. You know, I, 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 I think that was probably right, and was probably was um, bribing the referees. But that Marseille team was the best team I was probably played against as a club team. Right. So they, they didn't need any bribes to be anyone. I don't think they knew anything about it. The team maybe their president, the, the right? Okay, yeah. he was maybe trying to get to referees, but mm-hmm. the team did that. I mean, they had a the team as and Zangloma, Bali, you know, Desai, wow. Daneco, Swazi, up front, Voller and Boxx, Abidi, Pele. So they had the best team, you know, on paper that, you know, maybe I'd played against. Club team.
2: See with the European and the Scotland stuff that you've heard obviously playing against who was the best that you came up against centre-forward with?
1: Um... It was probably um, uh, it was probably Van Basten. Oh wow, Van Basten was a good player. Oh, I played against. It? Yeah, I played. Yeah, he was a great player, and I played against Vola. Many, you know, I played against Vola first when we were twenty-one. Both of us were twenty-one, and he played for Voda Bremen against Dundee United uh, back in the day. Um,
2: Did he have that naughty moustache at twenty-one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: the, the longy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was. Yeah, um, but he was—he was, he was just—he knew he was—he knew he was going to go far, and he did, yeah. you know. And he was a great—I um, can remember just elbowing him one time in a, in a Scotland game, and
2: you right liked the elbows, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Well, you try—you you try, you know. Well, you try to make—you try to put something on the centre forward, you know. I mean, it was more physical back, yeah. you know, in those days. So he wanted to make sure the, the centre forward knew he was in a game, mm. not he was going to get a ball and just Be easy for him. Huh, yeah. You know, so so yeah, I think. I managed to catch him a good one, you know. I knew mean, you, you, if you call him a good one. I call him a good one. And, I'm, and he and he and he caught me one bag very, very quickly, you know. he says, Can we play football now, Mr. Goff? I says, Absolutely. Do do? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Typical German, you know. Uh, Come as well nails, yeah, yeah. hard as nails. Yeah. So, oh, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna um. Like, but on. Yeah, you're not gonna Unnerve him in any way, you know, mm. so it was great. Also played with some great players. I'm going to run through a couple. Mm. Uh, Alan McCoy, as we've mentioned a
2: couple of times, he was there for your entire spell. How much I laugh and how good was um, he in the dressing room?
1: He was great. He was he's a very good friend of mine. Um, uh, great personality. Great in the dressing room. Last at the bar? Um, yes. But <laughs> <laughs> he would say I was last at the bar. Um, but um, bubbly i mean we keep everything going we would definitely keep every, everything going but you know there's a, there's a side to him as well that you know people don't see that, you know that i saw that it was very very hugely competitive very competitive i mean we used to we used to sometimes go on different sides in training and you know i, I always tell people you know i've had three or four fights at ranges when i was when i was there and, you know the bust ups and that and you know two or three of them with, with him um well, yeah yeah, yeah. And um, but that was because we were both very competitive but people don't see that side of him you know
2: yeah I think it's a laugh and a joke all the time but it's yeah not, but he's
1: not yeah he's not you know and I mean he was one of the few that um, could say to me as a captain he would sometimes say to me "Why, if I wasn't having a good game or or their centre forward was doing well he would say Goffy, I'm getting booted here sort him out now you know do you have that? I had to I that to you,
2: me, that, that yeah, to you really?
1: yeah, but from 40 yards away. Yeah. So the centre would then go to me, I'm getting booted, aren't I? <laughs> I said, when my centre tells me to boot you, you're getting booted, you know? It was just a laugh, but, but in all seriousness, you know? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, we would... Um, it was quite funny because, you know, like I said, the senior players run the dressing room, so we had really good senior players at the club at the time. And if we were losing, sometimes, you know, Walter would give us a couple of minutes just as the players, you know, sort it. sometimes just give us, you know, just the wee heads up, just give, give us a minute, a couple of minutes with the players and um, we, would, we would try and sort it out ourselves.
2: With Kirstie, it would Koisi ever be cheeky with Walter? Um,
1: yeah, many times, many times. But, but Walter, but like I say, Walter knew how to handle them. you know, I mean, Koisi would come he you know, said talk about stories with people i can't tell most of them because they're, they're unrepeatable <laughs> on, on, the, on this show but one he would he would always be late alistair so we would be leaving for the maybe you know at like one o'clock you know like on a friday afternoon or yeah. something we'd go up and he would go there well, the bus would be outside one o'clock course you know on the bus you know and he would walk on at five past one and everyone's waiting four, course, there for and he would come onto the bus and Walter would go, "Come on, man, you know." And he would Christy would look down the bus, and he went, "Walter, have a look down the back of the bus. Who's going to get you the winner at the Tardis tomorrow? <laughs> None of those pricks. I'll get you the winner. Though. <laughs> <laughs> this bus leaves when I say so, right? Yeah, that was brilliant, you know. and would laugh at that. would laughing, but you couldn't do but anything else but laugh, you know. And the boys, yeah, you know, so... And most of the time you did get the winner. You yeah. know, that that was a problem, yeah. you know. See, good. in Tuna,
2: when you were playing against, against each other in Tuna, would you, would you get in your ear at Tuna as well?
1: Yeah, he would try. I, I, maybe he used to like playing against me in training, because he used to say, Dundee United, I used to score against Dundee United all the time, right? <laughs> and I went, Christy, you're playing against Hegarty and Neri. I was playing right back, I was scoring against you the other side. I said, you went chasing me back then, <laughs> I said, I never played centre back against your son, you, son. Know? That's why he scored that. Yeah. Uh, how vital was his goal still? Look, people always say, ah, Derek Ferguson says he needed three, five 50. chances to score. Ray Wilkins said three. He said he might have struggled play playing that way, you know, because he needed three to score, you know. I said, but look, I said the one thing about him, he had a tremendous um, a, a confidence in his own ability. You know, if he missed chances, I've seen players miss chances and, you know, lose themselves, you know, but McCoist was, um, you know, uh, very confident in his own ability. And a lot of people said to me, oh, he wouldn't have scored so many goals in England or whatever might not have scored 355 but he would have scored 300 you know mm. I mean he's, he was a goal scorer yeah. he, was, he was a goal scorer and we played these legends games And I mean he played he scored one against AC Milan I can remember watching it you know and George Elberts I was playing obviously George Elberts hit a cross and I mean, he's going f- just, just going in front this is when he's 45 it's you know, nice. going right in, in front of uh, Costa and he's hit his head and it's going right into the top corner and you think you know. It's not luck. It's an instinct. Yeah. It's an instinct. Okay. A good instinct to school.
2: Another one, uh, Andy Gorham, you're a goalie for the time. How did
1: you see you play in front of? Brilliant. Very good. Um, Money. Eh? Money. Um competitive. Mm. Yeah. Compete I was one of the we had a kind of thing arranged as we trained how we played. So was very competitive in the training. A lot of people came to the club and they didn't really get this. You know, like Walter would be the ref, Archie Knox would be the ref. But there wasn't a ref.
2: No free kicks. No there. free
1: kicks. Just We just booted <laughs> we each, other. each other. Yeah. And it was, the games, the, the training games were worse than the actual game on a Saturday. So it was like, it was carnage sometimes at of training, you know. It was like, you know, it was not out to hurt people, but but aggressive training, you know, and quick training. And Archie Knox would say, you know, give us give us 20 minutes, good stuff, and then you can just go in, you know. But 20 it, minutes, that's it? Not about 20 minutes, because, because we were training. We were, it was we were playing all the time. We were playing all the time. Yeah. We were playing, it was recovery, you know. Um, so, Gorham was one of those that used to um, really enjoy the training and um, try and train like he played as well, you know. So, he was good. He struggled when he first came to the club, you know, made a few mistakes and we had a game at park and he was absolutely brilliant and i used to play a high line at that time as well so made a mistake a few times and people just threw on him one on one and he got this reputation that he was really good at that you know he would he would stand up when the people were through on against him nine times out of ten they wouldn't score you know because mm. he had this reputation they would end up just chipping the ball into, into him you know that it became you know like but if you were through on him one-on-one, he was very difficult to beat. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was. And um, he had some saves that, uh, I can remember when he first came to the club, he was started to come for a few crosses. I said, Andy, because he wasn't the biggest goalkeeper. Yeah. I said, I'll keep the boys out. You know, like Clemens had told me, edge of the box. I said, if ever anyone beats you from a header from outside the box, <laughs>
2: we're, done.
1: we're in trouble, right? So... And then we had boys who could head it away, myself, David McPherson, John Brown. you know, like we were we decent in the air. So, but he had some tremendous saves, you know, and um, I can remember going to Parkhead many a time and saying, we're not getting beat here. He says, no chance, you know. Because they got him? No, but we used to say to each other before we went out, you know, um, that we weren't going to get beat there. And um, a lot of the time he had some marvelous saves at Parkhead that. Uh, but we, we, we enjoyed playing there.
2: Uh-huh. Well, yeah. was he like as a guy? Is he quite serious, Andy Gorham? he laugh? Nah,
1: no, great laugh. Is great he? Great laugh in the dressing room. Well, if you asked Nigel Spatman, he wouldn't be a great laugh. He kind of flattened him one day. We played Aberdeen. And um, Roy, 18 of old people, scored with a volley. And it hit Gorham on the shoulder and went in. It must have been 95, I think. <clears throat> and Andy and I used to walk off the park about half-time together. And I saw him jogging. And Andy never jogged. You know? <laughs> I thought, oh, something's up here, you know, and Spackman had given up the, the hands, you know, like right in front of forty, fifty thousand 50,000 people at Ibrox, you know, because he hit Gorham shoulder shoulder, went in. And Gorham just came around the corner and just pounded him. Well, <laughs> I mean, Spackman was quite clever because he just stayed down. He never tried to fight back, you know. And actually, Andy just got tired of hitting him. And then, <laughs> Walter Smith was standing right there just a just, yeah. yeah yeah brilliant never uh, never never point at me again you know one of those ones <laughs> I need to
2: ask you Gaza did you no, like the place um, up when you came Um
1: yeah yeah because um, I was in I was in South Africa I got a phone call from Gary mabbott who's a, a godfather of my uh, second child and, oh is he uh, huh? yeah right. and um Great boy, Mabit, you know, so he says, oh, by the way, you film, you've signed Gascoigne. I says, really? I says, all right. He says, is it, and he was the captain of Tottenham by the time, obviously, and this is 95, 94, 95, 95 it was. He says, oh, it's a disaster in the dressing room, coffee, you know. He says, you won't be able to handle him, you know. I says, no. I said, this is a big dressing room up here. We've got some big hitters up here. You won't be mucking around up here. What does he do? He says, well... He just cuts up your suit or your clothes and, you know, he did a jobby in the, in the, in the Tottenham's change room. I says, Yeah, he did. I was <laughs> Yeah, you know, someone's shoe or something. I says, You know, so he came in. I, I, come, I come the first day back of training, I'm in early. He's already there, sitting with Jimmy Five Bellies in the dressing room. I says, Wait, you, Five Bellies out, you know? Well, Jimmy was sitting in the dressing room. We've been reaching the there it. <laughs> so he's out, and Gascon says, Oh, I'm so looking forward to play with you, Gothy, and blah, blah, blah. You know, and you you know, I've heard so much, you know, you know. I says, Look, Jimmy Bell had put him right next to me. I says, You touch my clothes. I said, I'm knocking you out, right? And he looked me up and down. He says, All right. He says, I only cut up Armani and Versace. I don't do marks and spencer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All the boys are like
1: He's done me really nicely. Like, as as <laughs> so it was brilliant, you know. But um, first game, I got the ball from Gorham and he had a couple of people around about him. And I've given it to the right back or something. He give me the ball, man. I says, there's two people right behind you. I don't, you know, give me the ball. So I fired the next one into and he's just like he's, he's giving it like that th- you know through his legs to the centre forward it, uh... no not to the centre forward oh, first touch, just like, like that forward, yeah you know? yeah yeah I went oh my god you know but like odd a bit different you know yeah Glenda was more balanced Gascoigne was get it in any situation you know pass it into him and spin it around and go that way and you know he just he was a off genius the cuff. off yeah. the cuff he was a genius but genius and madness sometimes is close together you know Yeah. when he got sent off three or four times on our European journeys and you know he said to me he reminded me the other day he said remember remember Amsterdam because I'd just seen him three or four days ago he said remember and he's got one of these photographic memories you know like he remembers right. everything
2: every little detail huh? every
1: little detail so he said, Do you remember Amsterdam when I got sent off I said, yeah. After 14 minutes, he got sent off the other day, you know. Wow. We got beat 4-0. We needed like 14 players against them, not <laughs> like 10. And I came into the dressing room, and I was looking for him. He wasn't in the dressing room, so I went into the toilets, and there was one cubicle shut, and I just volleyed it down. I booted it down, and he was, he was crying on the toilet, you know. And uh, I couldn't say anything to him. He was just... Was crying and something that happened the previous weekend that wasn't right, you know. And the, but, um. Great player, great player.
2: Would Walter never go mad at Gascoigne? Mm-hmm. Could you not go mad at him? Would Walter still? Or would
1: he just leave him? Um, that's why I say Walter's man management was good, you know. And how did deal with players like him? It was good, you know. I mean, I remember Walter saying to me one time that. Um. Gascon, he had found out that Gascon had been out at three in the morning or something in Glasgow or somewhere, you know, somewhere. He says, "I'm not going to play him today, Goffey." You know, he says, so "Maybe tell him, you know, I'm not going to play him." You know, so I went to tell him, and he started burst out in tears, you know, before the game. Um, so I don't think he played that day. Can't remember, but you know, it was just unusual. Yeah, and you had to treat him. Fascinating. Yeah, it was fascinating. The fascinating, uh, fascinating boy, fascinating player, you know. We're having a funny again. Or? Yeah, great, brilliant.
2: Were they best of pals? In I
1: don't know if they were best of pals, but but um, but they were good. you used to pitch up at Christy's house, you know. But <laughs> but gave him a key. <laughs> a key. Why, why would I you give him a there? key? I mean, why did you give him a key for? Him? <laughs> did he tell you a story with the fireworks or something? Uh, he brought the fireworks. On, yeah. Firing them right over his house, you know, and holding them in a milk bottle like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> take your arm off, you know what I mean? Oh, it's oh, tremendous, oh. eh? What a dressing room, oh, too. No, no, it was, it was, there wasn't a, it wasn't a quiet moment, you know? And the, the, that's the days when you used to train at Well, we used to go to Ibrox and then we get a minibus, yeah. you know, to, um, to wherever. We used to tra- train on a cricket ground. you know? Did you say Yeah, like, you know, up in the West End. Yeah, so, you you know one of the best teams we were away up there we never had a training center
2: of course I heard that wouldn't had been built back then yeah either. but it was
1: good it was actually good for the camaraderie and stuff like that oh uh-huh. going up on a mini bus and- getting a laugh on the bus oh uh-huh. it was funny you know what well, about the social funny. side
2: you being captain did you organise days out because I think yeah. people have said on here it was no, a bit no, a drinking no, culture no
1: it was but you know if we're drunk as much as we we're supposed to Simon we wouldn't have won yeah. 18 trophies during the time I was there Um I, I would organize mainly when we lost. When he we won, we was fine. But when we lost a game, because that's when all the shit hits the fan normally, you know, you know he starts doing this and there's falling out of here. So when we lost a game, I'd say to Walter, taking the boys for a blowout, you know, you went, okay, uh, take them, take them Monday. I'll give you Tuesday off. We'll see you on Wednesday, Thursday. Somewhere. So it was all organized, you know, mm-hmm. so. Just. You got a favourite one? Don't you. Favourite date? <laughs> don't you the, the papers, you know? Favourite uh-huh. what?
2: Do you, have hey, you got a favourite date?
1: Um, there were some classics. There were some classics. Up at, we used to go up to St Andrews every now and again for a, wee, a bit of R&R. And the wee kit man, the uh, wee George, it was, it was a wee kit man out had like a £10,000 bill for all the drink that was... Did you put it on his, <laughs> his room? Put it on his room. <laughs> <laughs> But it was good, you know. I mean it, and we would we'd go out and we just we were we were good together and um we had some good times, you know. We had some good times. Uh, and that's why a lot of us are still good friends today, Simon, you know. You yeah. you, you pick up we can pick up where we left off, you know. And we had a good dressing, like you said, Durante. But always had boys who, were, you know, who um, could lift it when when I was down. What was your auntie one-liners? Your uh? one-liners. Yeah, yeah, it was good. They were just the typical Glasgow boys, you know, yeah. just just funny boys. You How know? did foreign boys and stuff like that take? Could... Difficult. You know, a lot of them couldn't handle it. You know, yeah. I mean, I can remember real good players coming over to us, and you know, not really doing as well as they should have. You know, <laughs> because the boys were giving them a bit. Huh? Yeah, because you would play in training and. Train and, and you know, like Van Boston would, you know, I don't know, do something in training and we direct, it would be four million, paid four million for you, yeah, halfway. <laughs> Fucking that, you know, you know like it used to affect him, but I used to say, Man, can't do that. Man. Just give me a break, you know. <laughs> you know be horrible, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, so if you, you had to be hard skinned yeah. to, to come into the dressing room. It was a tough dressing room.
2: There's right, going different. for nine in a row. Mm. In the final push, how much I lift is it when you get quality players? Brian O'Driscoll and George Alberts walking the door. Yeah, Alberts came in the
1: last season. He uh, go- Yeah. When you're going for nine, the in- last season going for nine. Yeah. In a row, yeah. And he took to it right away. Big German, you know. he? Oh, it was great. I mean, he played in. It was my testimonial. August, um, early August, we played Arsenal, and um, I always remember it. And uh, we we're three 0 up against Arsenal, and he had scored. And they had Dixon and Bold and Keele and Winterburn, right? And uh, Ladrup started mucking around and standing on the ball and that. And Dixon just walked right by and he says, Richard, get him off. Otherwise, we're going we're gonna to snap him in two. So I said to Walter, do you have to take Ladrup off? And Ladrup's like, I think I'm doing well. I said, yeah, i are going to break your leg, by the way, these boys. They were two weeks behind us in pre season, you know? Yeah. But Elvin scored that and I said, aye, aye. Just give it to him on his left foot. He'll he'll do all right. Spank it. Oh, um, yeah. It was good. Good team. not good well, Yeah, and the team was different then uh, to it was like I say earlier. Um, we 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 changed to three at the back, I played three at the back uh, with the with with two fullbacks. You know that I could make a five yeah. because Gascoigne allowed it. You know, I used to say to Gascoigne as well, "Don't don't I don't want you tackling anyone." Just I try to do that hodl thing like, with him. Yeah, yeah. Just you, just you hide away and I say, as soon as we get it, we'll feed it to you. So Ladrup used to be good like that, you know. But Gascoigne wanted to Gascoigne used to say to me out. And that was that's what made him loved in the dress. And Gascoin used to go, no, I want to tackle people like <laughs> McCall and Ferguson and you. I wanna hurt people. I said, gas. 91 final, you hurt yourself, you can't tackle. <laughs> tackle. Don't tackle anyone, right? You know, he went, No, I'm gonna, I want to kick people in that, you know. You know? Uh-huh. He was funny, you know? he was great.
2: Uh, you scored in a 2 1 over Celtic in the nine in season. How much did you love the games?
1: Yeah, Celtic games are great games, you know. Um, I used to enjoy playing there. Um, look, you know, uh, big games. I used to, I start I used to play better, and then, um, and you know, you know, I I used to sometimes get, you know, mate, after I stopped playing for Scotland, you know, that you used to sometimes get the crowd singing bad things about you, and you know, like stuff like vile chants, and sometimes that happened. And a Celtic like punter said to me once, "We never, we never, um, we never abused." bad players <laughs> we only abused the good ones you know that makes you so was, better. <laughs> yeah i know what it was but you know like i look at the stuff now coming out and racist abuse and this i mean i myself Durante we got vile abuse as well but what do you do do you leave or do you just carry on you know i mean something should have been done way back then yeah but, you know it's only started now to to try and change things like that you know like banning people and banning stuff you know but um the games that I enjoyed the most were the games that I was, um, that I knew that I'd be put under pressure, like at parquet. Mm. I used to, I used to, I used to love going to parquet and, and saying, you know, I used to warm up with my coist in front of the jungle when it was a jungle and 67,000, they saying, we're not losing here. You know, and we make sure we don't lose. You know, we'll do everything in our power not to get a beat. You know, for for our support, for for everyone. You know, so it was, um, you know, it was a good test for us.
2: Have you seen good players being shell shocked by them? The first one, especially.
1: Yeah, it's quick. It's quick. You know, it's like, and I, I, I tell people, you know, I always say to people when I went, um, when I went to Liverpool, when I went to Everton at the end of my career. You know, a lot of it was I was thirty-eight at the time and. They said you're going to play against Owen and Owen and Fowler, and they were young boys, you know. And I said, "Look, I, I said I've played in fifty old firm derbies. I said I don't think there's anything out there that's going to surprise me, mm. you know." And there wasn't, you know. We, we won one one nil at Anfield. That was my first um, Merseyside derby, but it wasn't wasn't anything like there. the uh, yeah, because the build-ups, <coughs> and that's what I said about being captain of Rangers. I had people coming up to me. You know, and I'm following my car up at the petrol and people are saying, make sure, you know, you know we win, next, you know, win mm-hmm. next week, you know. So I you were part of a family. Even when I come back to the city now, I can't believe the the recognition that I get in the city. You know, I was walking through Glasgow with my son, who's an American boy, and we stopped, we are we going through a traffic line. There was a big bus and the guy was saluting me. The bus driver, you know, saluted me. And my son says, does everyone know you? Mm. I went, maybe maybe sort of a certain era. And he said, oh, well, that must be... He said, I don't think I could live with that, you know. And we went through the next street, and it was a big bus. You were getting the fingers. Was cell, it was, a, <laughs> there he
0: was a bus driver like that, you know. <laughs> and he went,
1: what's he doing? I says, well, oh, he the thing. But he was smiling, the bug was <laughs> smiling, you know. He was getting oh, the finger, you know, so it was like... My son was going, oh, I don't think I could have lived <laughs> like that, Dad. You know, everyone knowing you. And I says, well, from a young age, I said, I didn't know any Perfect. anything else. I said, so I think if it had happened to me at 40, I, I um, it, shock, it would have been a shock. But I, because right from when I was young, I said, it's, been a, it's just been normal for me. Yeah. Normal a
2: just last bit on the favourite Derby
1: memory? Favourite Derby memory? Um... Uh, you know the first one as a captain I scoring in extra time against Celtic in 1990 it was my first uh, you know um, uh, as a captain picking up a trophy um, to score the winner against Celtic after extra time it's like everybody you know dream you know um, But I, played, I scored four times against Celtic in, in my time they're all great memories but um, 96, 97, when we were going for the title, Celtic had a really strong team. Then, when we were going for ten in a row, I scored another one, and I gave the uh, famous—you uh, know—I was raising the roof. Yeah. But all the Celtic punts thought it was ten in a row, so, but it wasn't ten in a row. I keep telling them, they still don't believe me. You know. So, um, uh, I, I just think the the derby games, people always remember those games. You know, if people come up to me in the street and, and they're not Rangers supporters, they go, oh, I remember your goal against England in 1985 and I remember your two goals against Cyprus that we were 2-1 then and we won 3-2 for Scotland <clears throat> and your first goal against Celtic, you know, 94th minute or something, you know, so, uh, so many good memories, yeah. Simon, and I was very blessed to play with so many good players over my career. And um, you know, I was very fortunate. I was a fortunate boy. I, I ended up playing for the team that I love, and um, had a had a successful career.
2: Right, just last few bit. One in 9 You were injured for the title running. What was your emotions at, at Tannadice that
1: night? Um, well, I played I played the, the game before against Motherwell. And Owen Coyle scored twice, and uh, we still had a game against Hearts to play. So I never played that night, just in case we didn't win. Yeah. You know, so and we had to go and win at Hearts. Um, we we had actually wrapped the title up by beating Celtic at Parkhead, and then we, I came off for ten minutes to go. I had to hurt my calf again, but I played the Celtic game. We won it, so that was so that was the game up. And then we lost about three games, you know, yeah. on that on that we That's because you weren't playing it. Maybe there was other problems as well, but you know, we never finished it off like we should have, you know. Yeah. And um, um, there, there. People say to me, you had tears in your eyes when I picked up the trophy, and I my, did. That
2: was my next question. Huh?
1: Because it was um, it was a relief. It wasn't because I was, I was delighted. It was a relief that we had got there. Because if we hadn't got there, it would have been a disaster for us as a football club. Um, getting it was just a relief. And I, I was I was actually leaving as well, because I'd said in, in October... So you knew you were away, did you? No, in October I'd already said to everyone I was away. You know, and... I'd made that decision with the club. So the supporters knew as well. I didn't want to come to the end and go, oh, right, I'm or I'm not, you know. Yeah. So, no, I'd said that I was away because the, the pressure of that was, um was a lot that season, mm. especially that especially season. Especially being the captain that as well. Yeah. yeah, and I think just, I'd been there all the time, right through the whole thing, you know, so I'd seen it, you know, from, from the beginning. Um And then, I came back because I'm Marissa and McLaren for 10 and, Honestly, we should have won 10. You know, we we should have got the 10 quite easily. But with four games to go, we had two home games against Dunfermline and Kilmarnock. And we lost against Kilmarnock and Drew against Dunfermline that scored in the last minute. And uh, we lost the title by a point. But so if we hadn't, you know, if we'd won one of those home games, we would have won 10 in a row. So that was a disappointment for me. But the bigger disappointment would have been
2: not matching the nine. Losing nine uh. Yeah. So you just uh, quickly on Walter Smith and Archie Knox. I always ask every Rangers player it put play on the Smith. What's mm-hmm. the worst you've seen him crack at something?
1: On on Walter Smith? Yeah. Um the worst. Stuart McCall tells a story with, um, with the when he first came up his first game for us it was in ninety two and we were playing Hearts and uh um I was passing the ball around and we come in at half time. We, 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 we were slow. Yeah. And and um we come in and he and he's he's hammered me. He says, you know, he gave me a real hard time about playing old man's football, about just passing it and getting it back and passing it there and getting back without going anywhere, yeah. you know, without actually trying to fire into the strikers. <clears throat> and Stuart Cole said that day, he said, when he can give a Rangers manager uh, the Rangers captain as, as a bollocking like he did that day. He said, I knew, oh, this is, this is a wee bit different. Yeah, he says, cause I thought you were playing quite well. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that, you know, that's so you were doing well. We were doing well. We were keeping the ball we, but we weren't going anyway yeah. you know. And he come in and just pounded on you, you know. And he says, you were like, oh, okay. And you just, did just
2: always, always take it? Yeah. What about Archie Knox? Because I thought he was my youth team manager at Scotland, and we Brilliant. were shit scared of
1: him. Brilliant, <laughs> but a Brilliant. great
2: guy, isn't he? But he could, he could lose it as well, couldn't yeah.
1: he? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, he could lose it big time. And good friend of mine as well. And when he was my assistant manager at Livingston, I'll never forget. We're playing one day, and I wanted to go really all out attack, you know, and and then he said, "No, you can't do that." And and I said, "Well, you can't have it both ways, Archie. You know, you, I ain't a go for it. You, you know what I mean? You, you know." And then started going at half time and he's not there, you know. He had um, he had disappeared, you know. And I knew because I'd upset him because I'd had a go at him about, you know, you know, saying that to him, you know. So um, he said, "Are oh, you the expert now, Goffey? You know, I'd already be, been a manager for like fully, like went two minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and now you you know it all, you know." <laughs> I said, I'm really sorry, I apologise. So you just Archie. never came in for half time? No. All well, the boys are like, you know, where's Archie? Where's Archie? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not <What>? sure <laughs> You know, I spoke to the boys, but I knew I'd upset him, you know. Um, yeah, but it's um, good uh, good memories, you know. Mm-hmm. Good memories of the two of them. What about you celebrating in a row? How did you celebrate? I was away, on the, I was away the next morning. Oh, you're I, yeah, Yeah, I know. And uh, it was, um, to well into America, I was away, you know. So I never really got to enjoy the celebrations like, um, like a, like I should have. Went into town, went into town. I can remember going back to Victoria's or something, going. out But I wasn't, I wasn't celebrating full on, you know. Yeah. Um, so, um, why did you make a decision at least? Um, at that time, because I thought. We're either going to get the nine or we're not. And I never I never wanted, a bit like Walter Smith did the year later. I wanted to let the supporters know. I didn't want to get to the end of the season. Oh, we lose nine in a row, then I go. Yeah. Or we win it and I stay. You know, I just said to them, listen, in October of 96, I said, that's me. You know, at the end of the season, I'll be leaving no matter what happens. You know, I just wanted to be fair with them and say, look, no matter what happens, this is going to be a, not a traumatic season for us, but a really high-pressured season. Yeah. I mean, C- Celtic were a good team. Cadet, Kanye or Van Hooyd, you know, good players, you know. And I thought it was going to be a difficult season. And I thought, I didn't want to come down the stretch and making my decision whether we win it to uh, where I stay or... And I had opportunities, you know, to, to go. And an opportunity came to go to America, and I, I said, i oh, Zurich of grasshoppers I could have gone to as well, but and I said I'll go. And then two months after going to America, I knew i had made a mistake. And then Walter just... i got. I what did Walter out. say when you told him you were leaving? Hey? What did Walter say when you told him you were going to leave? He actually, he actually didn't... Um, no, David Murray didn't think. David Murray just thought I wanted another contract just make more money for more money or something you know and walter said no no coffee makes up his mind he makes up his mind that's it you know he said now nah, we will change his mind walter said no nah, he won't and that was it so i, I made my mind up that i was leaving come what may and i did and but it worked out that i came back in october of 97 and played another 35 games for the club yeah you know and like should have got the cut should have should have beat Hearts in the final in 98 and uh, should have got 10 in a row but never worked out that way so um, then went back to the States and then came back to Everton and played a couple yeah. of years at Everton which was which was great last week but on Rangers last
2: question yes. uh, best Rangers team you played in
1: what a question that is yeah it's too difficult to answer Simon because the two of them are different the 88-89 team was a very good physically strong team um with uh gary stevens terry butcher uh wilkins in the middle of the part you know mccoy's up front mark walters um Tre- trevor Stephen ran about that time as well so we were very um uh what's the word you know we used i used to go out and say to the players before we went out um well very aggressive first 10 minutes We'll kick anything that moves just batter everyone you know just win the, because win the, no. that was the only way that teams could actually upset us in any way if they won that physical battle but we had the players that we could we could dominate in that way as well so we used to go out and then and then play and we were very strong then the 94 95 you know 95 96 96 97 with Gascoigne and in and players like that and then we changed the way we played a wee bit, you know, and that was also fantastic entertainment. Entertaining team to yeah. watch, you know. And we played the three at the back, and people just bombing forward, and you know, David Robertson one side, you know. So it was, it was a, a really good style of football that as well, you know, you know, and, and with patley um, and McCoist at their best as well. You know? mm. So um, between those two teams, but over the period of. The 10 years or 11 years I played at Rangers, played with so many good players. Um, it's really difficult to pick out a team. Because we won, I mean, I won, won 18 trophies there. You know, so we just dominated, you know, mm. most of the, you know, so very fun. And to, then yeah, just yeah. the
2: last bit on Everton. Uh, Everton's oldest ever player.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that just till recently. And, um, uh, you know, Everton was good because it was a city very much like Glasgow that um, had two big football teams, and they know their football. So the Glasgow people, I always think, know their football. And the, the Scousers know their football as well, they used to see good players. Yeah, I mean, thought, yeah. Yeah, I mean you, know, uh, you know, we're so used to seeing good football players here. So we're no good football players, you know. So, um, But the difference in the city was obviously, now it's okay. You know, Celtic support was okay now with me when I'm not playing, so I'm mm. not a threat. Fine, to come up, oh, you were some player, I hated you when you played, blah, 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 you know. so. But Liverpool, when I played there, Everton, they would come up and go, Ever- Liverpool players, Liverpool people would come up and say, shit, you must have been some player when you were 27, if you like, like this yeah, no, uh, yeah, but I had, but at 38, I had one of my best seasons because I was reproving myself, you know. You have to reprove yourself, you know, when you move to a club. They, I mean, they, the articles before when Walter Smith signed me, um, was um, why are we signing Richard Goff serious, is, uh-huh. at 37 38 I mean you know he was a good player blah 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 but then when I went to pre-season I smashed everyone in pre-season but you
2: were the first at that age
1: yeah, right? yeah still yeah yeah, I was, yeah, I was a fit boy, so I could always do that no problem so and then our first game was against Manchester United who had just won the Premier League
2: oh the European yes European so Cup so they just won the treble
1: yeah The first game so, um, and I played really well. I was like, so, and that was it. I was off. Flying and for the Flying, yeah, I was flying. And I played, I, played, I played in a in a back four, you know, because everyone said, oh, everyone always used to say, you know, Rangers would change the three because to to protect, to protect me. It wasn't to protect me. It was to protect just to so Gascoigne and Loudrup could get the ball in in certain yeah. areas, you know. So. Who? Mr. Ferguson? Alex Ferguson,
2: what did yeah, say? yeah, yeah, no,
1: he was he was great. And then when when I had the good season with Everton, um, like I said, I've never had an agent, but I phoned him up and I said, look, they want to give me another year's contract because Walter had nothing to do with it, you know. Um, and he just asked me what I was on at the moment and he just told me what to get. And I said, nah, they'll never do that. And he went, they will. So, he <laughs> <laughs> so I went in to to talk to the the guys at Everton, the chief exec and the, the thing, and he and he said to me, um, "What a pleasure it is in this day and age, Richard, dealing with a player who hasn't got an agent." I says, um, it "Was the chairman of Littlewoods, you know, Sir John Moore?" And I went, "I said, I've got I've got an advisor." There. And he went, "Who's that?" I said, sorry, Alex Ferguson." And, and they just laughed. The two of them laughed. "What do you want?" I, mean, I went, "There it is." And I walked out. That's what Ferguson told me to do. Just walked out. They found me about three weeks later. So it doesn't deal.
2: Done. What a money. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. we've got uh, we've got a thing on the show, but Thomas Gravison? I thought he was in the reserves with me. he said was he a madman when you were ever?" Yes
1: he came I was in my <laughs> yes. second season I was completely nuts you know? well, and then he went away to Vegas uh-huh. and made made uh,
2: fortunes That's
1: uh-huh. what well, so he said you know what I mean I don't know if it was made fortunes or lost fortunes but wow, he was a crazy boy yeah he was a crazy boy
2: did you, you so he was obviously playing in front of you and he would just run a bit like a stone. motor did
1: yeah, you yeah he was he was a strange player he was a strange I wouldn't have said he was one <laughs> the best players I played with but a lot of energy and stuff like yeah. that but yeah Crazy, and then Gascoigne also come to Everton. That's oh, so what he did, eh? Uh, yeah. Did he still have it as well? Nah, he was struggling. Time. Was he? He was struggling at that time, you know. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, yeah. But I saw him the other day, like for four days up here. So, and, he, and he's in a good, good way. He's in a good state, you know. So it was good, you know. Good to see everyone. Uh, lastly, how did stint manager Livingston. Never get back into the management. No, I had the, I had the wee stint and the. Archie Knox says it was his hardest stint in football. And when he said that, he said, you're sounding like it, Richard. And we did well. We, yeah, I we yeah, kept to him keep. up. Yeah, I'd signed, we signed three boys. We signed a boy called uh, Hassan Kashul. I remember him. Southampton. Southampton,
2: that's right. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, he was a brilliant player. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was some player. Mm-hmm. And um, I can remember one day, all, my, all the players were going mad at half-time. And he, and he sat down, he had the big dreadlocks. And you used to smoke the marijuana and that. am <laughs> relax, I'll tell you what to do, just get the ball to, <laughs> to me and I'll make it happen, right? <laughs> think all, the he's Scottish, going old. all the Scottish boys are like that, aye aye, <laughs> fucking school. <laughs> you know, so we were, we were, we were laughing, you know. Um, yeah, so we managed to stay up on the last day and um, I was doing, two weeks before, we're trying to work out what we're going to do for next season, you know, to, because we had a decent team and I said to the, I said to the chairman a guy called Piers Flynn, yeah, big selling uh, sell support, it was great, it was a businessman. Yeah. And I said to him, uh, you know, like if we can get four or five other players we'll finish top six, you know, like, because that's a difference, it's just, some about players. And he went, oh no, no, I'm selling him, I'm selling yeah. him, <laughs> I'm selling him and I'm selling him. I said, what? I said, so, I said, well, you get relegated then. And he went, no, no, we'll be okay. I said, nah, that's I'm me. Done. done. And he went, um, he didn't think I was true. Though. I said, nah, I'm done, you know, so I said to Archie, he says, nah, waste of time, you know, so they um, employed Paul Lambert after me, he was the next manager after me. Oh, yeah, lost, Lambert, yeah. yeah. he lost his first 13 games. Oh. Never won again game for 13 games. Because it's sold all the players. Yeah. Then he got sacked, like in October or something, you know, so... Um Archie said you had an unlucky experience in it, you know, but my kids were also in the United States. I'd been divorced and I wasn't going to see them. So, you know.
2: You're never going to find a bird in Livingston.
1: <laughs> <laughs> find the bird anyway, but... <laughs> oh, God, I bet you did. Uh, just a last With question. With those sheep
2: bones. <laughs> exactly. I'm assuming. <laughs> How do you look back on it all? Um, How do you look back on the career? Proud?
1: Yeah, fortunate that I played with so many good uh, players. Um, I, I was obviously a wee bit talented, but I made uh, you know I made the best of my ability. You know by listening to to senior players, um, good senior players. Um, I always tell the young players of today when they come to me for any advice, you know I say, Scottish, we're, we're a strange culture, in the Scots, you know. But I would say to any young player today, if you can make a hundred thousand pound a week, or two hundred thousand. pounds Away, you know don't drink anything just look after yourself well you know and when you get a knockback, back like i look at andy robertson getting knocked back from celtic yeah. when you get a knockback back at 15 because no one knows a, a football player at 15 or 16 when you get that knockback, back just uh, don't lay down just show them you're gonna you're gonna do it you know show them give yourself another chance don't don't get up Don't be defeated at the first knockback you get, you know, because you will take that in football, you know? And you can't tell a football player. I I mean, Archie Knox told me a story. They've seen millions of young kids and only two, there's only two out of all the young kids, him and Ferguson saw that they thought would be, they would make it. it. And that was Ryan Giggs and Wayne Rooney. Out of every kid they saw, those were the two. All the others Beckham skulls. They couldn't have call it. Couldn't call it at sixteen. They couldn't oh. call it. Said, so there you go, young kids watching. <laughs> young kids watching. Just you know, if you get a knock, that, keep going. Keep going. I mean, Andy Robertson's a great. You are another one with Rangers, and oh, myself at Rangers. Yeah. You know, I mean, but there's loads of them. I mean, mm. you, you see, Roy Keane said he went there, and you know, he lands up there. You know, mm. you, you see, because of that age you know you never know you never know what, but believe in yourself you know mm. believe in your own ability you know and you you'll soon work out if you got if you if you're 20 and you are not getting a game anywhere you maybe not going to be good enough you know but, yeah. um, um but a lot of the young kids now just there's no I don't know what it is there's no, there's no yeah there's no resilience anymore mm. there used to be a resilience you know you know Especially when Scottish people, I think we're losing that a little bit somewhere along the line. Um, but um, I look at Robertson and uh, I go, "Good for you." Yeah. Because it must, it must have broke his heart to get released by Celtic when he's 15, you know. But he went on, Queen Spark. Good, good for him. Right, Richard, i absolutely loved it. What well, a guy. Thank you okay. very much. No problem, Simon.
2: When this city is your campus, inspiration can hit at any time.
0: But when the unprecedented occurs, things can go from inspiring to... i you charger again? Don't worry, at DBS we've got hybrid learning and student experience coverage. Find the perfect blend for your learning and live the best of both worlds. Visit dbs.ie to learn more. It's the new football season And now TV's hit the back of the net Oh it's a stunner As you can get the Sky Sports and Sports Extra Passes Half price for three months Now that's more like it So you can stream Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport At 50% off and all without a contract It's perfect
2: that is
0: world-class. Your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18-plus content streamed via internet. Standard pricing after three months. Further terms apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm.